Hey. There he Yo, is. How's it going? It's going well. How about you? How's everything going over there? Surviving. We had uh, three days of snow last week, so that was wonderful. Oh, you're you know, kidding me. Good way, good way to finish March off strong. For real. It's pouring right now, but that's the Midwest weather. You, can, you, know, you can't really expect anything. Now, do you have that nice weather yesterday like Chicago had? 65 and sunny. Just how we like it. Oh, amazing. So jealous. Hold on. Can I stop you for a second? Look at that beard. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there is dangerous. I decided I decided I wasn't going to shave until Corona was over. So <laughs> Okay, so you're going to be having that for a while. Yeah, so I think my mom's really hoping Corona goes quickly just so this goes away. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, that's amazing. amazing. All right, so I was thinking kind of for the format, uh, we just kind of go through your career from club to where you are now. You can tell us about yourself, things like that. Um, and then have some questions uh, from different people that wrote in, wanting to know specific things for you and about being a professional footballer. And then we can finish with anything else you want to add. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. All right, sounds good. So introduce yourself, uh, give us your background of where you grew up, club soccer and all. What's up, guys? Uh, my name's Eric Leonard. I'm from Palatine, Illinois, uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago, about a 35-minute drive. Um, I grew up playing for uh, the Chicago Soccers. Um, actually started with the Palatine Celtic when I was around seven years old. Moved to the Soccers when I was U10. Um, played there for most of my career. Um, and when they hit U15, that's when the academy started, so it became more of like a traveling-based team. And that's when... Um, after uh, the soccer's uh, Butler became an option, and that's when I started looking into colleges, and I made that jump to you know college soccer. So just briefly, talk about the uh, kind of the the route it took to get to Butler. What did that look like? Were you looking at a lot of schools, all of that? Yeah, I think it's you know the traditional approach for any college athlete: um, make your top ten list of schools. <clears throat> for me. Um, I remember as a freshman, I actually went to a ton of different um, collegiate combines and all those uh, invite stuff. Um, I went to as many as I could, Northwestern, Marquette, Indiana. Um, and I remember that uh, I went to an IU camp where before Butler was even on my radar. And that's where I actually met the Butler coach, Snape. Um, so that's how he became, you know, quickly jumped to my number one. And, uh, you know, from there, it just turned into uh, – my academy team really helping out with, you know, hey, we're playing in this state um, because as a freshman sophomore, you can't talk with, you know, you can't talk with colleges. The, a lot of the, the club had to w do that work for me, um, but they would see, they'd come to the games and stuff like that. And, you know, soon when I was a junior, we started talking and kind of sealed the deal. So it was at that point you were committed, committed to yeah. Butler and never really considered anything else at that point? <laughs> yeah, it, it really, for me, it came down to, uh, about three schools. It was it's ironic because they're all in the Big East. Um, actually, besides one of them, IU was my number one for a while. Um, Yeagley, uh, Todd Yeagley, fantastic coach. Um, I, I've always wanted to go to IU, so that was a big one for me. But I also loved um, the feeling that Butler uh, gave to because it's a smaller school. Um, and I knew that compared to IU, I'd have a bit more um, relationship building with everyone at Butler. Uh, right, because Butler's 4,500 compared to IU, which is, you know, absolutely, yeah, times as big. So, Butler actually had my major at the time, too. I was going into biomedical engineering. Um, 
so everything kind of you know the puzzle pieces fit and that's when I, I kind of figured out at the end of my second year in high school that Butler was kind of the school for me all right very cool very cool all right so you get to Butler uh I think one of the most interesting things to ask a player is you usually your first day of preseason camp and you have fitness test as like the number one thing. You don't know anything with the team. Give us, give us a little bit insight into that first day of preseason camp. Well, this is the, the irony behind this. Everyone who knows me knows I love running. I, I run, you know, a lot in the midfield. Um, my freshman year at Butler, we had to do a test called the track test. Now, I've luckily just gotten over my nightmares of this test recently, but it was one of those things you don't sleep the night before. And it's on a track, you're running uh, three 400s, three 300s, 200s, and 100s in certain times. And I remember practicing the whole summer, freshman year, came in, coming in, boom, failed it, beat one, already, you know, <laughs> down under. So I was like, oh, no, is this going to be the next four years of my uh, collegiate career? But Luckily, this, that later that week I ran it again and passed it. But no, it's one of those things as a, as an athlete. You know, fitness is always going to be, you know, one of the most important parts of your play. You know, and Absolutely. I think for me going into college, that really set my tone. Passing it that second time, and I I vowed never to miss, miss that again. Never, never did the next three years. No, nope, nope. I I was okay the next three years. Luckily, incredible. All right, so talk me through kind of the the college, the four years. Uh, your growth as a player towards that, how you started thinking about professional soccer becoming a realistic option, all that. Yeah, um, for me, college was pretty tough because um, going into my freshman year, uh, I, I played with, you know, two guys, three guys you'd recognize, Zach Steinberger, David Goldsmith, Brandon Fricky, all those guys ended up getting drafted, you know, after my freshman year, actually I had another year with David. But for me, seeing those guys that I knew, some of my friends on the team, that for me kind of set things apart. And I was like, you know what, maybe I have a chance in three or four years, you know, if I can, you know, become a better player, that opportunity is there, that door can open. So for me, at, at the end of my freshman year, I was like, you know what, we're going to do everything I can to get graduated in, in three and a half years. So at that point, I was sitting down making a, a spreadsheet of all my classes. How can I knock stuff out in the summer? How can I knock stuff out extra in the fall and the spring? Um, and while that was going on, I obviously had to, you know, the most important part, develop my game. Um, and it's tough because I played six different positions in college. Um, you know, my freshman year, I, was, I played defensive mid. Uh, I moved up in between the eight and the 10 as well. Yes, I played the 10 for a little bit. And now uh, you guys are thinking, wow. Uh, is that, that is that game film burned or what? That, that, let me tell you, that game film is not shown anywhere. But hey, I had my moments. You know, I had my attacking moments. Um, but no, then anywhere in the back line as well. So any professional player will talk to you. You need to be very, very strong at one or two positions. So for me, it was like, okay, where are my best positions? At? And I need to kind of um, zone in on those details. So we kind of established it was that six, that defensive mid role and um, center back. Um, I played that six for most of my college. Um, and one of the things that Snape helped me with developing my game was, you know, the awareness on the field as a six, uh, you're the playmaker, right? So you have to understand um, where you are at all times, where not only you are, but your teammates are, how the flow of the game is going. Um, so that was, you know, something that really took my game to the next level over, over those three years. Um, and then my senior year, uh, 
you know, was the first time that Snape actually put a, you know, a five foot seven, arguably eight guy in the center back. Um, five nine with soft grounds. Five nine with soft grounds, baby. That's what I tell everyone. Uh, and that's where I, you know, another one of my comfortable positions, you know, playing in that back line. Um, I think anyone who knows me, my, my strong suits are my defensive mindset and stuff like that. So that gave me an opportunity to, you know, open up that door as well um, in terms of getting ready for the next level. Yeah, which actually has come in quite handy to have that experience, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you you suffered an injury in college. Yeah, so... Talk um, a little played, bit about that. Yeah, that plays a big role into my uh, my career as well. My end of my freshman year, after watching those guys um, get drafted, a week later, I actually tore my ACL. Um not knowingly because I, I went into a tackle on the side of the field and it was one of those things you just kind of land awkwardly. And I remember uh, going off the field and being like, everyone's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? The trainers were testing my knee. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. I was just like, Hey, just, I remember talking to my buddy. Hey, come here, just go into a tackle with me. You know, let's see if it works. Let's see if my knee's okay. So I remember on the sideline doing 50, 50 tackles with my own teammate and then being oh, like, dude, are you okay? And I'm like, feel great. So they wrap my knee up went back in for the last 20 minutes and the only problem was after the game i was like hey listen every time i jump up for a header and land my knee pops out you know i don't know if that's normal or not normal but I normal think problem <laughs> so long story short ended up getting the mri tore my acl um which is always tough as a first year in college after you know you do all this work to to get somewhere and then you're like is this all worth it so i had a lot of questions hard questions i had asked myself for 30 seconds because you can't spend that long, you know, engraving and, you know, all those negative, like, Oh, am I going to come back stronger? Am I going to come back faster? All that stuff. For me, I knew at that moment, my goals hadn't changed to play professional. So it's okay. Now what's the next step? What am I going to do now to put everything in terms of one focus, getting back stronger, faster, fitter, so I can play, you know, my, my next year at Butler, which is in turn next uh, one step closer to professional soccer. So is that rehab, you know, that, you know, very well, uh, three year or three hours every day. It was not fun, man. Not fun at all. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't change anything. And you see in my life how that actually helped me because if I hadn't torn my ACL, there's no way I would have graduated in three and a half years. I wouldn't have been able to knock out those classes in the summer while rehabbing there it's just not all the pieces would have fit the puzzle and that's you know what my journey's about so far everything's been put in the right place things that haven't worked out have have opened up different doors and that's why i'm so lucky absolutely absolutely yeah it's uh it's interesting how many athletes will say something like that injury in the moment how devastating it looks but how how much it changes their whole uh, trajectory of what yeah because of it um all right so you graduate college then talk about that heading into the professional ranks yeah so i graduated college um 2017 december um and that's when i started to go on trial with different mls teams uh, different combines went to the columbus crew combine i went to vegas um where there are a bunch of usl teams there as well and um it's kind of that whole period period when i was just it was new for me you know i i don't i didn't have an agent um, I didn't, you know, my family who's very supportive, um, we didn't know how this whole thing worked, you know? So it was going through it for me. It was the first time a lot of the things were unknown question marks in my life. Um, 
but I, I remember uh, specifically going to each one and trying to make a, uh, myself stand out. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get on the team is by standing out. So it was, you know, one thing, you know, can I be that guy who's the loudest on the field organizing? Can I be that guy who's the most annoying to play against? Can I make the most tackles? Can I win the most balls in the air? And it, it was for me, what thing can I do? Um, so that went on for about the months of November and December. And then uh, finally, after finishing that, came the draft. And that's when I found out, like, early December that I was going to be eligible for the draft. My name was getting thrown in. Um, and I was super excited for that. Um, so then that came around. And, you know, we've all heard the story of watching our, you know, the draft picks come out. Like, is your name going to be there? And I remember, like, you know, just like any other person who hasn't been picked up, I watched for the uh, six-plus hours on a Friday and then on a Monday for the four rounds. And, you know, unfortunately, my name was not called. Um, and once again, I took the 30 seconds, you know, was upset, et cetera. But then after the 30 seconds, it was, you know, what's the plan? What's the next step? What is my overall goal? Was my overall goal just to play college soccer? Well, no, because I didn't just do all that work for that. And, you know, what's my overall goal? And it's to play professionally. So I said, okay, you know, what am I going to do? And I called the first contact on my phone, Brett Hall. And, you know, you know, Brett Hall very well. And for Absolutely. Anyone who doesn't know Brett Hall, Brett Hall is a the coach of a semi-pro team called Bridges FC in Chicago. Does a lot of work. He has helped, you know, thousands of kids get to the next level and develop their game. Um, <clears throat> called him, and about a week later, I was on a uh, on a flight going to Australia, where um, you know I played my first uh, eight months over overseas. Yeah, no, it's uh, I remember I remember the draft. I remember that week for you. Um, because yeah, we thought, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get drafted. And I remember, I mean, the next day when you came back to training on Tuesday, it was just locked in focus. I mean, obviously, you were upset, but it didn't it didn't deter your motivation on that. I think those are, you know, just like an injury, that type of a setback is in 30 seconds, it decides, you know, how you react, are you gonna go you know and totally give up with what you got or does it motivate you and push you even more so all right so you get to australia eight months there talk a little bit about that and then what happens after australia yeah so i uh i played my first eight months professionally over in australia in the gold coast which was incredible um i played for a team called narang uh sc um and the awesome thing about this is that they had a, an academy system tier to the team so when practice schedules in Australia um, go year round, they actually spread their games out over a longer period of time. So practices are three times a week. My club specifically had five days a week practices plus an academy wow. system where I could train with both them and the, the senior team, the men's team. And it's ironic because once again, for players who don't know me, I wouldn't say my technical ability is my strong suit, but now after, you know, years later, I wouldn't say it's my week, my, you know, the weakest part of my game either. And that starts with Australia because going over there, I spent hours every day with the ball. And I'm telling you, when I went over there, I was probably one of the worst with the ball at my feet going in, you know, through cones, drills, et cetera. But the coach I had over there was just fantastic at developing my game in terms of that. And, you know, arguably one of the reasons why I didn't get picked up in the draft was my technical ability. And for me, that, that locked in, you know, laser focus was, I got to get technically stronger. I have to be become more confident on the ball, not just my defensive ability. What can I do to take my game to the next level? Um, so that's what Narang really opened up 
uh, for me in terms of my game. And then I got to play 32 plus games over there as well um, as a defensive mid, but also as an eight and a 10 and getting to develop confidently on the ball as an attacking minded player gave me more confidence as a six in terms of looking mm-hmm. forward, my awareness, my ball movement, et cetera. So that's why yeah. Australia for me was, you know, a big turning point um, in my career, even though it was the start of something new, it was a turning point for me, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you're playing eight and a 10, which as a six, you're often giving the ball to the eight and the 10. So it allows you now to go as a six and understand a little bit better where to put the ball, where those midfielders are looking for that pass to come and all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can't, when you're in that six role and you're looking for that pass, you know, you're, you're relying on them to get to that position, but then being able to play that position and know where high level guys are coming here for Madison and, you know, beyond, helps to know where they're going to be, you know, by playing that mm-hmm. you learn. Yeah. So you get back, you get back to the States <clears throat> from Australia, I'm sure with the nice, for you, considerably nice tan. Listen, man, tan, sunburn, whatever you want to call it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you get back to, uh, you get back to the U.S. and then talking through kind of the next stage, uh, how you end up you now playing in the U.S. and all. Yeah. So uh, I came back in August and I went on just, tryout after tryout. I went to Nashville. Um, I remember going there first. Thought I killed it. Didn't even hear back for the second day. I went to, uh, I went to, oh my gosh, where else did I go? Uh, I went to a couple different USL teams. I went to um, Birmingham Legion. Um, thought I performed well there. Uh, you know, got some good feedback and stuff like that, but just still not the right fit yet. And it's kind of funny because one of my last stops was, was Madison. And I was like, man, I just don't know if I'm about Madison. I don't know anything about them. And that's when I kind of got in contact with Peter Wilt, who's the, you know, the founder of Chicago fire in the 11. And he was like, listen, you know, you should come to the Ford Madison tryout. You know, I've just hired Daryl Shore. He used to be the coach of Real Salt Lake. He's done work with the fire. And wow, like sounds like a promising club. So I ended up getting actually a bit more excited before, you know, going than I was originally ended up going to the the combine, you know, doing well and getting invited back to preseason. And I was like, okay, now, you know, now something's opening up and now I have a, I have an idea, but you know, a a couple of days went by and ended up getting a call back from Daryl saying, Hey, listen, we, we actually really want to sign you. And for me, that was once again, a more positive um, part of my life, but took the 30 seconds, you know, I said, this is awesome, Mm -hmm. but now what's the, what's the next thing, you know? I'm, and I knew at that point um, it was going to be a tough decision because I had been talking to Ford Madison and Lansing at the time, Lansing Ignite, Lansing Ignite, you know, a, a younger team with a lot of our buddies who played there. Yeah, you know, a lot. Uh, Xavier <laughs> Gomez, all those guys, Grant Stoneman. Um, and then it was like, man, that would just be so ideal for me, you know? Or do I go to Ford Madison, which is not that it matters, closer to home, but under, an, you know, such an experienced coach with veteran players that I can learn under, but, you know, I'm going to have to really, you know, really work for my starting spot. So it was, you know, I, I once again, taking a step out of my comfort zone, I uh, decided to go to Ford Madison and I'm so, I'm so happy I chose that decision because last year I got to learn under, you know, top level players, JC Banks, you know, Don Smart, Cap, you know, our captain Connor, just different guys on the team who've been, and seen the game at higher levels and have been there and know where I want to eventually get to. And for me, that was just such a big point 
um, in such a, a growing part of my career. Yeah, absolutely. I've said, I don't know if I ever told you that the, uh, the Lansing head coach was uh, my assistant coach in college for three years. No way. Nate Miller? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome guy, man. And that's why the, the decision was even so much harder because yeah. I, I really liked Nate. Um, and his, uh, his assistant, uh, Tim Daniels. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he lived one floor below me in a college dorm. So no way. It is. But, but yeah, no, I mean, and obviously with them having financial problems and all, it's really worked out well that you went to Madison. Um, yeah. Also, especially, you know, I think the last time that you weren't maybe the, the more experienced player was when you were underclassmen at Butler. So it had been a lot of years before now you are playing again with more experienced players than yourself and learning and there. There's definitely a lot of benefit uh, to something like that as well. So you play last year, first, first season with Madison. Uh, talk a little bit just about off-season process, how you decided to uh, go back there and everything like that. Yeah, so after, you know, a good first year for me, it was, you know, I think I need to have another standout year in, in the USL League one if I want to make that jump to <laughs> championship, if I want to make that jump to getting an invite to an MLS preseason. So I had to, um, you know, answer those those hard questions again and say, okay, well, I earned a starting spot, but what can I do to make myself to the next level? So now I've, you know, developed some next some uh, 2020 goals. Okay, I want to be on, you know, the USL League One first team, you know, all first team or all second team. But what do I have to do? So I had to look at myself compared to other guys in the league and compared to championship guys. And one thing I noticed was, you know, as strong as I was defensively for our team stopping plays, et cetera, I think one criticism I have is my speed of play. Um, at times when I would win the ball for our team, I think that that next pass is crucial. And I think over the course of the season, you saw me <clears throat> improve in terms of going forward, finding those key passes. But, you know, that is that something now that I can just do like that um, whenever? And I think that just came with a lot more you know, once again, confidence playing at, at that level, because it was even, you know, Austra college, Australia, forward Madison, you know, the, the levels become faster, the levels become higher. Now my speed of play has to, you know, follow along with it. And playing in all those games, the 30 plus games against big time teams, it, it helps me uh, and my, my confidence grow on the ball. So the uh, decision to come back to Ford Madison in the off season was a no brainer for me. Um, you know, luckily they picked up my option and, and I was excited to be back, but now it was, can I take this year to have, um, an even more standout year and to show everyone that, that, that wasn't a fluke and that, you know, this is year number two. And I, we have a lot of things, um, as a team and personally that I'd like to accomplish this year. And that starts with one winning a championship, but two, uh, being the best team player. So our team can win that championship. And then for personal growth, how can my speed of play? How can my going forward with the ball and how can I get my ability to get looked at by other top teams in the next level? So you talked a little bit, you mentioned your self-reflection on yourself <clears throat> as a player. I was talking about speed of play, all of that. Yeah. Uh, how, how often do you as a player self-reflect? Um, obviously, I mean, every training, every game, you're, you're self-reflecting on that individual yep. thing, but on overall, um, where you're at as a player and where you're trying to become, kind of talk through that a little bit. Yeah, I think the last, I'd say, three years of my career have been um, super important to me because I've started to watch soccer differently. Um, 
I'm a city fan, so sorry for all the other people on the call. Uh, But, you know, I love to, I used to love to just watch the game and watch everyone play. And, you know, you know, when United City, Tottenham, whoever the games are going on, they're super competitive, fun to watch. But now I actually watch the players in my position. How is he turning? How is he already in a half turn at midfield? How does he already know where that player is? How is he, how many times is he checking over his shoulder before he gets the ball? You know, what I need to do um, in terms of, okay, I need to make that a part of my game if I even want to get remotely close to the next level, you know? And so that's why I think for me, it started with one, watching soccer, but two, self-analyzing, like you said, after each practice. Um, and obviously after games, we have that the film that we can watch, but practices, you know, you don't. So for me, it kind of was just like, okay, I had to take the crucial points away from each practice to kind of figure out was my speed of play good? If not, what what do I need to do better or what do I need to change my game? Yeah, and that that's always uh, advice I try to give younger players is when they're watching film. Uh, I think, you know, when you're younger, you just watch the guy on the ball and, oh, look how amazing he was with that. But yeah. then, you know, I tell players all the time, what, in 90 minutes, you might have the ball for two minutes of that time. If so what that. you're doing – if that so what are you doing the other 88 minutes and watching you know a soccer match off the ball movement everything finding out how they figured out to go to the space where they received not just oh look he has the ball is crucial especially for six where you're playing in a lot of tight a lot of crowded areas in the middle of the field and i think that was big especially for me this this past year because my my positioning on the field um is something that i was also hard on myself for and i wanted to improve this year but watching those high-level players and watching how they move off the ball for those 88 minutes is something you can pick up just by watching the game. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go into some some questions that people have uh, for you okay. specifically. Uh, I think the, the one that I got the most reoccurring is, obviously, with corona, uh, all seasons are on pause right now. So how, how do you stay prepared physically? <laughs> But then also, how do you stay prepared mentally? Yeah, I think in terms, it's just a lot of, you know, you got a lot of accountability. You got to hold yourself, you know, to a level that, you know, just because the coronavirus is going on, yes, you have to be safe. Yes, you have to stay healthy, but you can continue to do things. I mean, I'm running every day. I'm doing ball work on my own. I have to do it on my own because we don't want to be around other people, but I'm still getting in my touches every day. I've been starting to do more types of cross training to keep my endurance up um so running with the ball you know then you know reaction speed with band work with hurdles with stuff like that and i think you know the more you can do that um every day every other day and, and apply it to a habit um I've, I've i've watched other players say it, say it better than me this is the separation season you know this is the time to make moves this is the time to mm-hmm. find out your weaknesses and to you know exploit them go after them and you know for me if i'm talking about my weaknesses is my speed to play or my weaknesses is my speed in general you know that's why I'm with bands every day I'm working on flexibility I'm working on stretching my strength in terms of being explosive just all those things and now it's this coronavirus in terms of my game is a blessing for me to how can I separate myself from others yeah I mean you think about as a player it's like how when was the last time you had this many weeks off from from playing it's crazy man maybe 12 15 years old (laughs) <laughs> for real though for but, real <laughs> but again i think it's another moment in people's career where it's like yeah you can either stay motivated 
take this opportunity to grow your individual things that maybe you haven't had time to work on in team settings and you can really, you know, come back from this a completely different player or a much yeah. improved player. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, then uh, some some of our younger our younger young players trying to make it professional themselves. Uh, they're asking you what what's your your greatest advice to give to a younger player? Um, you know, I think it's it's come down to you know one thing. I think it's just you know your cliche how bad you want to sing, but I really think it takes it goes one step deeper than that. I think you just need to you know, to do something one day that every day that gets you closer to, you know, what you want to achieve. And whether that is playing on your high school varsity team, whether that's playing in college um, or whether that's playing professionally, I think you need to write those things down. I think you need to put it on your mirror. What's, you know, one step closer to getting blank, you know, and that's, and that's your goal. And you have to ask yourself, what have I done today <clears throat> to get closer, you know? And in terms of me right now, um, I want to get to the next level. So I need to ask myself, what am I doing today to get myself, you know, to the USL championship, to the MLS? And I think for any young, younger player, you guys have so much time that this is the opportunity that you have right now to spend more time with the ball, spend, spend time doing things that are not comfortable because it's going to pay off, you know, further down the line. We, we talk about the, your left foot or for lefties, your right foot. I mean, just spending more time with that, but, I think once again, it just comes down to one thing, how bad you want it and putting in that work because you'll talk to a lot of players and I've seen a lot of players who have talent threefold compared to me, but they don't make it because they don't have the work ethic. And mm -hmm. if you, if you hold to, if you hold true to yourself for, you know, that, that mindset, I mean, you're going to achieve what, what you want to achieve. I love that. Love that, that self growth mindset and challenging, essentially challenging yourself every day and making a battle. Can you, yeah. And pick one little thing to improve upon that day. I yeah. think, you know, people look at like from where they're at to where they want to be is so, so big of a gap, but you have one day to just kind of chip away at that, you know, half a percentage improvement or whatever it is. And that builds upon itself over, you know, months and years of hard work. Yeah. And I think it, I think it also makes a difference with who you surround yourself <laughs> to, because I can't take credit for that mindset. When I was 16 years old, I was playing with, you i was playing with mcgee i was playing with all those guys at at bridges yeah and those guys i saw those brian mcbride i saw that mindset in all those guys you know and and you continue to have that mindset as you as you coach right so it's i can't take credit you need to surround yourself by people who are going to hold you to that standard you know and that is a big difference yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely all right question they want to know what do you eat on a daily basis and do you have some type of protein drink something outside <laughs> just your your daily intake on food yeah so um i've actually been uh researching a lot, a lot in terms of um smoothies so like i really just got into the smoothie train um and i'm talking about like morning smoothies in terms of fruit your your fresh fruit um you know banana strawberries blueberries with some whey protein um, or after a workout as a recovery shake. But I've also done stuff like um, like almond milk with um, uh, like brown sugar, oatmeal, nuts, et cetera, dark chocolate, um, and to cal smoothies as well. So like I've really gotten on the smoothie train because I find one, it uh, gives me like quick energy 
and mm-hmm. two, it can be good for recovering after. Um, but three, it's, it's not as heavy as other meals as well. So if I have a late breakfast and I want like a lighter lunch or vice versa, you know, a smoothie uh, can give you all those nutrients. Um, but in terms of what I eat, um, man, you know, that I'm a big chicken guy. I love, um, beef too. So I like, I'll make burgers or something like that, but pasta, um, with meatballs and stuff like that. But, um, in terms of my snacks, wow. Um, if I'm going to hold myself, if I'm going to be honest, my favorite snack, um, uh, my favorite healthy snack are almonds. My favorite cheat snack are jalapeno chips. You know, those jalapeno, um, lays or whatever. Oh yeah. Brothers are fire. Absolutely fire. But mine that, might be that those Dorito, the purple bag. Oh, it's like yes, those sweet are good chili too. or whatever. Those oh. are good too. And I have a sweet tooth. Um, so I love ice cream. I love candy, but you know, I have to do a good job of, you know, with withstanding that. So once again, I try, if I'm going to have a treat, I try and make it dark chocolate. Right. So I try and do mm-hmm. stuff like that. I've tried to stay off the candy patch for a while now. Um, and it's tough, but once again, you know, if you, if you want to be that, that next level, you really got to be hard on your diet. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Taking away the, uh, the short-term pleasure, immediate gratification for the long-term goal. Or yeah. whatever. I promise you when I'm 60, I will, I will catch up with all the stuff I missed. No problem. I mean, you, you see that with a fair number of uh, professional athletes <laughs> after they retire. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, for you, just in your, thinking back your entire career, what, what's been the, the biggest kind of adversity that you overcame? Um, oof. I think um, one of the biggest was tearing my ACL um, my freshman year, but then my later, my sophomore year, tearing my MCL in the same knee. I think that was pretty tough for me because two knee injuries on the same knee can be quite you know devastating mentally. But um, I think that helps me uh, grow stronger as a player in terms of, you know, staying focused on what I wanted to achieve, um, one. And then two, I just think I've had so many coaches um, and so many players I've played with that, you know, have said, I'm just not going to make it at the next level because of my, you know, my technical ability or whatever, you know, the reason is. And, you know, this is just, you know, in hindsight, any younger player, you know, just because someone tells you you're not going to get somewhere. I mean, that should just be fuel to the fire, man. I mean, for me, I think about all those times someone said something and I, and I want to go up to them and I want to say thank you so much because without you, I would not be where I am. You know, you have helped me, you know, have a driving force. You have made me more motivated than ever to get to that next level and prove you wrong. Not because of you, but for myself. Now you do have some free time. You could possibly write postcards, of, you know. <laughs> but Matt Pullen, ladies and gentlemen, of course he's gonna say something like that. Oh man! You know, let him know you're thinking about him during this time. For real, I know. No, that's that's hilarious. All right, now Dimitri asks. I don't know what this is. But oh, Dimitri said, "If you could say the riddle that you had about him." Oh. Shout out Dimitri. So we uh, we did a, a bunch of riddles. He's a big riddle guy. It's just an inside joke, but it was uh, basically he was giving all these riddles and he thought we couldn't figure it out. So I made a riddle describing him and it took him like the whole day to figure out. So it's nothing too funny, but team got it. 
couple jokes out of that one. I had to ask. I had to ask. Well, um, do you have anything else? Final thoughts? Anything you want to add? Something I didn't cover you wanted to say? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I just, you know, once again, I just this. There's so much time right now for all players, you know, who are trying to pursue the game, and you know, coaches too. Just learn as much as you can. Take this time to go back in the old game, go back in the old film, and you know, once again, make this your separation time because um, you're not going to – I don't think we're going to get an opportunity like this later down the road. Yeah, you know? I hope not. I hope, yeah, for real. I hope we don't have something like this again. But, yeah. How's everything going with you? That team's good? Every Everyone's good? Team's good, yeah. I mean, just can't be around them. So that's, yeah. that's difficult. Um, again, kind of good, doing well. Uh, but so now it's just trying to kind of, you know, keep players motivated as yep. they have to train alone and, you know, because we won't, if, you know, when season starts, there won't be much time to uh, have a preseason before games start flying. So kind of got to stay self-motivated and stay ready at this time. So it's yeah. a, it's a challenge for everyone. Um, but it's, it's sad too, because, you know, you get into a sport like soccer, partly because of the relationships and all. Yeah. And now when you're not with anyone, it, it's a much different sport than going to training and, and, you know, competing with your friends and your teammates every day. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're hoping this thing gets cleared up, you know, relatively soon. Absolutely. Have they said, have they said anything about when they're thinking for you guys? <clears throat> yeah. They just pushed the new date back to April 30th. I'd imagine it'd be probably um, past May too. So talked about, you know, ending anything. So I'm hoping to see some playing starting early June, maybe July. Um, once again, though, we're just trying to stay ready because they could change it at a moment's notice. Right. Yeah, we're we're right now. We're at about the end of May that they're saying. But again, it's like, it, I mean, it fully depends. It can change either way yeah. in two, three weeks, depending on how it goes. So, yeah, it's a tough one. But all right well thank you i will put this link up as well on youtube so that people can come back and watch it hear from hear from a great player about his experiences so thank you for doing this yeah i appreciate it, matt thanks for having me it's great to catch up and i hope uh you stay healthy and everyone's okay over there absolutely man have a good night all right talk soon